8 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozark Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. So we have Connor McGahee coming up a little bit. And um, he's got a question for Connor about the Avalanche. Big win over the Islanders last night in uh, overtime. Avs have won five of their last six. Got a question for Connor about the Avalanche. Uh, send it to us today on the team text phone line, 970-242-1340. Also, we won for real. Should we ask Connor about the Kyle Keefe parody video where he makes fun of yes. all the Altitude Avalanche broadcasters? 100%. Do you want a little bit of a taste? Yeah, if you would, please. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Good to see you. Welcome to the gift exchange. Moj, Connor, Riker, Katie, Johnny, got Mitchie, Yanni. What's your name? I'm Kenny. Kenny. That's nine people. Right. That's counting. Good job. <laughs> this would be Connor, right? That Connor. <laughs> that's nine people. Oh. <laughs> uh. Seven colors in the rainbow. I didn't even get that part. I yeah. only got like 45 <laughs> seconds, and I will figure we can roll out little bits and pieces. That's fine. That's fine. So uh, we'll, we'll talk with Connor. Dollar forty-eight. Yeah. Stop counting stuff. <laughs> Stop it. I said I'm I'm 85% certain yeah. he's going to be perfectly fine with me asking him about it, us talking to him about it. and We need to get Kiefer back on, though. Yeah, we do need to get him back on. We did. We One, do. it was great. After the cup win. But we really need to talk to him about this. Yeah. Like, how long did it take him to put this together? Because this is... Because it's all it's him. Gold. Yeah, it's all him. How long, how many takes, that sort of thing. Did he do it himself? Or did he have help in the production room? Because a- there's, you know, not graphics, but the characters' names that he plays pop up when he talks. So, so I'm guessing he had a little help from the graphics department. Anybody be like, uh, no, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to help you with this because I'm afraid <laughs> other people are going to get mad. Yeah. And who was, who had it, who took it the best and who didn't? Did the Kenny guy who now got hired somewhere else, he take it the worst. So he was looking to get out. Just kidding. <laughs> His Instagram is come on Kiefer. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right. So, uh, anyway, if you have a question for Connor McGahey or Brian Roth at uh, top of uh, yeah. next hour, you can send that or, to us today. Uh, us, yeah. Or, or us as well. You can send it to us on the uh, team text phone line, 970-242-1340. All right. It's time to go around the NFL. The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. All right, Denver getting ready for the Raiders on Sunday. Broncos right now, if you're wondering, hey, where are the Broncos in the draft? Because that's the only other thing you have to think about right now. Mm-hmm. Is can they get to nine wins? And where do they pick in the draft? Right now, the Broncos still have the 14th pick in the draft as of right now. So they they hold that pick after the the win over the Chargers uh, last Sunday. So right now your your draft order at the moment it's the Bears because they got the number one pick from Carolina. We'll get David Tepper in just a moment too, Panthers <laughs> owner. 
Washington, New England, Arizona, the Giants, the Chargers, Tennessee, Jets, Atlanta, Chicago, Vegas, Minnesota is your order right now of your, your top 12 as far as the, the, the draft order goes right now. Could they take a quarterback? No, yeah, that's possible. But also something to think about is there are other problems with this football team. As much as quarterback, at least in Sean Payton's world, seems to be a problem because there wouldn't be a problem with Russell Wilson if if he was play, if they felt like he was playing so well because you wouldn't need a spark, right? Because Russ right. has been the spark. You wouldn't need a spark mm-hmm. like Jared Stidham was supposed to be last Sunday. And he was just pretty much Russell Wilson with a different number. Like the stuff we saw from the Broncos Sunday was not any better than what we've seen the previous 16 weeks. Yeah, uh, other, other Jordan than Jordan Humphrey's touchdown yeah. run, but that's wasn't Jared Stidham. That was LJ Humphrey on yak yardage. Where was that the previous 16 weeks? That's not on Russ that guys are not able to make people miss. Because that play, well, gives Stidham credit because he had to he was getting pressured. He had to step out of the pocket, roll roll to his right, made made a good throw, about 10 yards, you know, 12 yards down the field to little Jordan Humphrey. That was a lot. It was predominantly little Jordan Humphrey and a lot of bad tackling by the Chargers. Ooh, woof. More throws across the middle, more slants, more rhythm passing, if you will, from from Jared Stidham. But but the numbers were not they were not dramatically better than what you've seen from Russell Wilson. They just weren't. And so the question becomes: with that 14th pick or could be could be better potentially yeah where do the broncos go because quarterback seems to be an area that a lot of people it's michael Penix jr you know there's the debate today in the post about Penix versus jj mccarthy all this stuff so here's here's something to think about though it's not quarterback centric denver's going to finish its fourth straight season without a thousand yard rusher or a 1,000-yard receiver. Mm-hmm. All Philip Lindsay. Back-to-back. Oh. Back. The other 31 teams in the league have all checked at least one of those boxes since 2020. And the majority have one or both, or one or more in both categories. How you, do, in 17 games, how you don't have a 1,000-yard receiver or rusher is... Perplexing. That's a word for it, yeah. Atrocious. Because right now, Javante Williams has 742 yards. Last thousand yard rusher was ding, ding, ding. You said his name. Back in 2019. Also, that same season, Cortland Sutton had 1,112 receiving yards. That was his second year in the league. Got him the Pro Bowls and alternate. Mm -hmm. That's the last time they had a thousand yard rusher, thousand yard receiver. And they're probably not going to, barring some in, in, incredible game Sunday against the Raiders, they're not going to have a 900-yard rusher or yeah. receiver again this season. And that's that's not anything to do. doesn't matter if it's Jared Stidham or not. That's not anything to do with the quarterback. That speaks to issues with the offense. One of the reasons why, and yes, this is selfish and it's a homerism, but it, it's applicable. 
One of the reasons why the Browns have had four quarterbacks win at least two games this year is because even without Nick Chubb since almost Labor Day, they're the 11th best team in the NFL in rushing yardage. They've got it done with the other guys. Jerome Ford is at 807 yards, and he's played, he started 12 games. And he's been really good catching the ball out of the backfield, yeah, too. He's gonna, he has 1,000 yards from scrimmage. Kareem Hunt has almost 500 yards from scrimmage, and they brought him in late, almost October. Amari Cooper's got 1,200 yards. David Njoku, with another monster game, could get to 1,000 yards. They are protected. They're upright. They're able to sit back there and find the open receiver, and guys are able to make plays. They get blocking. They can run the ball. Broncos have not been effective running the ball at all this season, week in and week out, and it starts, yeah, it was great. The offensive line started every single game up until whenever they didn't. But it didn't matter because they weren't, you know, an upper echelon team running the football. They could not clear holes. They couldn't keep their quarterback upright. Russ was sacked upwards of 40-some-odd times. Like, just because they were there every week doesn't mean they were particularly good. I, and you can say, well, part of the problem is that there's been the, the constant turnover at quarterback because there's been, what, seven different quarterbacks for the Broncos? The last uh, several years? Yeah, but there was also linemen all over the place. That That is true. But also, the year that Cortland Sutton ended up with 1,000 yards, he caught balls from Joe Flacco, Brandon mm-hmm. Allen, and Drew Locke. And the guy from, once again, use the Browns as your, your comp here a little bit. Amari Cooper's got 1,250 yards, and he's got passes from this year four different quarterbacks. Yeah. They're one injury away from calling me. And they're still making it happen. Since, so, yeah, since 20, 2020, they have had seven different starting quarterbacks the Broncos have. Mm-hmm. And and so you could say, well, that's part of the problem. But then you look at Amari Cooper, you look at the year that Cortland Sutton had 1,000 yards. Three different guys play quarterback. Yeah. So it, it's not all about the quarterback. They had the for 15, 14 games this year, they had the same five offensive linemen and the quarterback, and they were seven and eight. And seven it, and seven, somewhere around there. So now you go to, okay, well, then what's the problem here? Well, it's in who they drafted. They took Jerry Judy with the 15th pick. They took him before the Vikings took Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Looked like last year, last season. You know, it was going to be a, a huge year. 67 catches, 972 yards, six touchdowns in 2022. Broncos picked up the fifth-year option, $12.9 million, You know, because he was coming coming off a red-hot final five weeks of the season last year. He has 679 yards and a touchdown. He's had one, only one game of more than 80 yards receiving. Had a hamstring injury that he suffered at the end of training camp. That certainly did not help. Remember K.J. Hamler? Remember that guy? Yeah, oh yeah. He's going to be the Broncos' version of Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. who they cut because he only played in 23 games. I remember he had a – didn't he have a health issue? Like a he had heart, a heart issue? He had a heart, they, yes. But he was unproductive before Always that. injured. Yep. A, a myriad of, of injuries that they kept him from being productive. Big perm, Greg Dolchich. 
10 games, 433 yards last year. Played in two games. Javante Williams, Pookie, love Pookie. Mm-hmm. Look like the future looked bright. All rookie selection in 2021, 1,219 yards from scrimmage, seven touchdowns. Got the knee injury in the fourth game of his second season. Was able to come back, earn the, the team's Ed Block Courage Award. And midway, at one point, he's averaging 101 yards while scoring two touchdowns in the first three games of what would be the Broncos' five-game winning streak. But then he's rushed for 46 or fewer yards in four of the last five. So they've, they've drafted guys who have just have either at one point or another have been promising mm-hmm. and look like they're going to be stars for this team. And then quickly that that flame has been extinguished. Javante Williams is the sixth leading rusher in his draft class. He's behind a quarterback in Justin Fields. He is 1,300 yards behind Najee Harris. He's only got 1,800 in his career. Najee Harris has almost doubled him up. Ramondre Stevenson, Travis Etienne, Chuba Hubbard. One, The two guys that were drafted ahead of him are three, Etienne, Fields, and Najee Harris. They could have had Chuba Hubbard. They could have had Ramondre Stevenson, who have played in more games and have more rushing yards. You know, Javante Williams has 11 touchdowns. All the guys that were drafted ahead of him have more rushing and receiving touchdowns. Justin Fields has more rushing touchdowns as the quarterback. Najee Harris has 27 touchdowns. And that's a run-heavy team, but that's a team that can actually run the ball because they used to have an offensive line. Jim and the Buckeye boy, it's around the NFL. We're talking about um, the, the problems on the Broncos' offensive side of the ball that have nothing to do with quarterback, with other positions that have underperformed. And then we haven't even talked about Tim Patrick. Remember how promising Tim Patrick was? Mm-hmm. But then he's had the back-to-back season-ending injuries in training camp the last two years. Uh, he has no guaranteed money left in his final year of his deal in 2024. Broncos would say about $10 million against the cap if they move on from him. They would take a $6.07 million dead money hit. Probably going to have to rework his deal mm-hmm. if he's going to come back and play. But if you're the Broncos, as good as Tim Patrick was prior to the, the knee and the Achilles problem. Can you afford to hope that he's okay now? Even on a rework deal? Or is it just time to move on? They've missed him. Boy, he would be a, a huge, but a huge, huge plus the last two years. But he's also not played in two years now. And for the Broncos, I don't, as much as I like Tim Patrick, I, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. So it's got to be a one hell of a team friendly deal, yeah. To give I, him to give him a shot, considering what the injury history is, I can't justify any sort of investment in I, Tim I'm, Patrick. I'm, right I'm with you too. I, I don't. It'd have to be something insanely team friendly, which incredibly incentive laden. Yeah, you know. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what kind of deal that is. 
for Tim Patrick if to, to bring him back, even if they want to bring him back. At but, this point, do you want to clog up a roster spot and, and I, cap room? And I don't think you probably do. As much as I like Tim Patrick, you got to look at the fact he has been back-to-back season-ending injuries. This is the hasn't brutal played, aspect of the business. Hasn't played for two years, and you can like him and feel like, man, before the injuries... He was a guy that was on the rise of being a really good number two guy Mm -hmm. or number three guy in this offense. Sometimes played like a number one guy, to be quite honest. Should have been the number one guy. Probably should have been the number one guy. I don't know if you can afford to to take that that risk with with another year of Tim Patrick Mm -hmm. maybe getting hurt during training camp or what the case may be. Or is he going to come back and be the same player? You don't know that. You know he's been rehabbing. You know it's been tough for him. Yeah. But you can't say that with certainty that he's going to be the same guy before the injuries that he's had. And also, does that make sense when you're you're trying to, you know, develop guys like Marvin Mims, who does show potential? Or or in the case of the backfield, Jaleel McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. There's there's some potential there, but you just have to be honest about this. The players, and this is this is on George Payton's watch here because this is all George Payton stuff. The players that they've drafted to, to be around the quarterback, well, except for Cortland Sutton because that was prior to. Yeah. Uh, that, that the players that they've drafted have not, that the skill guys around, fill in the blank quarterback, mm-hmm. have not been consistent producers. That's just, that's just fact. That is not fiction. Without... Withholding Patrick Sertan the second, has George Payton acquired, drafted, signed, traded for a player that walked onto the field and was an impact player? Miners took time, but eventually he's but he's a so lineman. No, not really. No, because Sertan, yeah, Sertan, Sertan be, walked onto the field. He as would an be your guy. Player. He would be it. Guys that you know. Hey, Patrick Sertan still got to develop, but minimal development to where he, George Payton got a guy who's like, that guy doesn't necessarily need to be coached up, don't need to scheme for him. He is great. Outside of PS2, that's a no. Everybody. Can't say that about Russ or any of the quarterbacks. Can't say that about any of the wide receivers because they're not impact players now, let alone just come onto the field as impact players. Noah Fant, maybe. Maybe. But how much does he get credit for that after trading him away? Albert O, maybe. But again, but, but same then again, issue. But then again, neither neither was a contributor mm-hmm. year in, year out impact guy. Sure. Splashes. Yeah. Splash guys. Moments. So, I mean... Outside of PS2, I don't know anybody that walked in from day one and was an impact player. And even even PS2's year this year has not been great. He has problems with speed still. I know a lot of defensive backs do, but, you know, he got exposed against Detroit. He got exposed against Miami. Because uh, I, I wanted to double check this. Noah Fant was an Elway pick. Okay. That was so, before. It was prior to. Don't so. get credit for that, George Payton. No, Sorry. Don't, don't get credit for that. There's not a guy on this team outside of PS2 that I point to is like, that guy's an impact player that they're misusing. 
I can't disagree with what you're saying. They've and not it, drafted well. They've not free agent. Like all their veteran free agent signings are either, you know, on the street or on other teams. So, so we got another um, another text here from the other Kurt. It's busy. It's a big Kurt morning. It's a big Kurt day. Yeah. On uh, one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. I'm just not in the same place as you guys. The whole team is generally a mess, but Russ isn't the answer. He doesn't elevate the players around him. In fact, he makes the line worse. The jury's still out on Peyton and even ownership. Well, you're not going to get rid of ownership. Mm-hmm. That's not going anywhere. Sean Payton's not going anywhere, at least for another year. Right. And I, and I just I just feel like, Kurt, I know you feel like Russ is the problem, and you even in your previous text, you felt like you know you couldn't. You were surprised that we felt like Russ isn't the problem. We haven't felt Russ is the problem pretty much the entire season. No, and like we talked about last week when Kurt texted in, Russ is not the problem. Russ is a problem. It's part of the problem. Jared Stidham's going to be a problem for this team because yes. they're going to get the blame when other guys don't do their jobs. The offensive line doesn't block. Russ has to scramble. Russ has to throw the ball away or he holds on to it too long because guys can't get open. Russ took too many sacks. Well, some of those aren't necessarily on Russ. Some of those are. What we're saying, we're not saying that Russ isn't a problem at all. We're not saying that. There are other problems, though. The problem. There are other problems here. He is a problem. He's not the problem. And it goes to show that. Jared Stidham came out, played the exact same game, and he got the same result. He beat the Chargers by nine or seven. Or and he got Mathis sacked Arnold. a couple times. Yeah. Though it looked like the ball was coming out faster, worked, the, worked between the hash marks more. There were things that he did that Russ doesn't normally do. Right. But the end result was the same, 16 points, a 224 and a touchdown, mm-hmm. which are the numbers that Russ generally delivers in a game. And Russ is the long-term employee at your job who may not be doing things the way you were trained when you got hired last year, but it still gets the job done, and he's gotten the job done in the past, so he's going to kind of do it his way. Yeah, Jared Stidham may have got the ball out earlier, but Russ's way has worked for him in the past. Yeah, Kurt, I'm going to take exception to it. The Broncos are a mess. I don't know if they're a mess. Carolina Panthers are a mess. Broncos have got some problems. They've got Mm -hmm. some significant issues in terms of Offensively, not having enough playmakers, a line that they may be overspent on, particularly on that uh, yeah. with Bud Powers and, and McGlinchey. There, there are issues there. They're they're not as, as as good as Singleton is, and as fun as he is to watch. They they don't cover particularly well at the inside linebacker spot, Jewel or mm-hmm. Alex Singleton. There are there are there are pluses about this football team. There are good players. The, the defense has improved dramatically since the Miami debacle. There's there are good bones here. I I don't I, I just don't agree with the term mess, though it's starting to get that way because of how they're handling the Russell Wilson situation. Now we're getting to, into hot mess territory with how they're handling Russ and the the ultimatum either you know defer your injury guarantee or going to bench you. Then the, mm-hmm. the NFLPA gets involved. And Brock is told you can't do that. You can't bench him for that reason. So he ends up getting benched to be a for because a Jared Stim is going to provide a spark for this team. You no, know, it's to avoid the injury. 
situation where they don't want to pay him the $37 million if he goes out and plays and gets hurt. And, and, and so I, I, I just, there are things about this, the, the organization right now, that concern me greatly. Mm-hmm. That de- That is a mess. That particular situation is a mess. I will all soft agree that in general, they're kind of a mess. And I say soft agree because they have the second fewest cap space in the league right now behind only New England. They are just over a million dollars in cap space. There's very little wiggle room as it stands right now, right now today, to make this team any better. Now, they can do that with releases and cuts and the whole thing. They can make some cap space. The way they've handled Russell Wilson, their inability to get an impact player the last four years. That's all a mess, and I agree. Randy Gregory, all these other... I'm going to say on the field, though, what the the product in the Mm -hmm. field, I don't know if it's necessarily a mess at this moment. It's not great. It's not perfect. They're 8-8. They've also lost three games by, yeah. what, six points? That's why I said and, soft. But they, also, but they also lost to teams that... By 50. With, 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 <laughs> well, was, well, they lost to those three teams that all have losing records right That's now. That's true. That too. And then, of course, there's the Dolphins. And we, yeah. So Matt, soft Matt, agree for me. Yeah, I sli- slightly agree, but don't agree, agree entirely, yeah. if, if that makes any sense. If parts of the organization that are a mess, like... There are. Then they're kind of a mess a little bit but everything think, on the field you know, has not been a mess not everything no no but I, know, that's one, why okay. I said soft agree one will lutz that's we had to, we have to uh, eat a little crow on will lutz hmm. will lutz has turned out to be but you probably would have got the same for mcmanus will but, lutz has turned out to be a cheaper less union friendly brandon yeah. mcmanus but he turned he's turned out to be a pretty good kicker he's been he's been extremely good this year Let's check got in with a, Mark Kisler, see if got, the reason they're 8-8 eight eight is still Willis. Got off to a rough start. But, yeah, Kurt, there are things that are a mess about this team. Is it entirely a mess? I don't know about that. Maybe I have too much faith in the ownership that they're going to figure it out. I'd like to think they would. I'm. They've put a lot of trust into Sean Payton. I'm feeling less and less comfortable and right with now that. that's messy. Yeah, and I'm feeling less and less comfortable with that mm-hmm. arrangement at this point in time. I still want to believe that Peyton, with the success he had in New Orleans, that there is that this, and they've also won, they've won more games than they have since 2016. They've overcome a lot of self-inflicted adversity. Yes, they have. Starting with Sean and his USA Today interview, which he was right. He was right. He's right about Nathaniel Hackett. But he shouldn't have said it. The pro- the problem with being right about Nathaniel Hackett is, like, they're not they're better than the Jets' offense, but it's not super significantly better. They're they're places ahead of them in yardage and scoring, but not not enough places to warrant the the hit job that Sean Payton took out in the USA Today. All right. So um, one thing around the NFL. This is uh, this is for you. Yay! Do you remember who Frank Ryan is? No. Frank Ryan quarterbacked your Browns to the 1964 NFL Championship. Yeah, he did. <laughs> it's the last one for the Browns. Died at the age of 87. Uh, did battle with Alzheimer's throughout a portion of his career. Passed away on New Year's Day. 
interesting thing about Frank Ryan that he earned a PhD in mathematics from Rice that after he retired from football, he spent seven years as the director of the House Information Systems to the United States House of Representatives, where he directed the development of the first computerized voting system used by Congress. Oh, neat. Pretty cool. Yeah. NFL champion. Designed the computerized voting system. 77, he was the athletic director at Yale. He was there for 10 years. Then he was at Rice University in the administration there. So quite a few incredible accomplishments after his time you know, as an NFL quarterback. It's pretty impressive. And you know how Russ is everything that's wrong with the Broncos right now. And his 25 touchdown passes this year, 26. That year, 1964, Frank Ryan led the league with 25. Yeah, that was that was winging it around the yard. Yeah. So, it's funny how just, things change. Just a little, little perspective yep. on that. All right. So, uh, hopefully Joe Flacco <laughs> supplants him as the last Browns quarterback to win a championship. Should Flacco be the starter yes. th- this next season? <laughs> yes. I think he should be. Then what, do you, what do you do with Deshaun Watson then? What do you do with that? What do you do with that? Because you then all of a sudden now you yeah. have a Russell Wilson ish issue. You Jeff Galuli him in his shoulder. Joe Flacco with the crowbar in the training room. Just bang, bang, bang. Thirty eight year old Joe Flacco? Yeah. And hope that uh Thompson Robinson DTR DTR learn at the feet of Joe Flacco. You know, Joe doesn't like to he doesn't like to mentor the kids. Actually, think, kinda, actually, it's changed a little bit, hasn't? Because isn't yeah. that wasn't that the more the narrative in like with the Jets? He was mm-hmm. trying to help Zach Wilson, and yeah. yeah, I think that's that was the case. And the guy that he mentored the first time around has turned out all right. Not that there's a lot of overlap in the game of Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco, but no, very very little overlap. Lamar's doing okay. Both single digit quarterback number guyers. Joe Flacco, it's been, it's been, and he's, he seems so likable now. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, it's like, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. It's like he's, the Broncos, it was, he was very, I don't know, stoic. Mm-hmm. And, and he was kind of that way with the Ravens as well. He seems like he's just, he's very much Shane yeah. Falco, not Joe Flacco right now. Yeah. He just, he acts like he's just having the time of his life playing yeah. for the Browns. Talks about how much he loves the fans there and loves the city and, and loves playing on this team. <laughs> and people it's, who hated him. People like, have you hated his guts. Two decades. How does that okay? How does that feel for you? It's As a, much in division guy that, that won a, a Super Bowl. Yeah, played for the team that was your team mm-hmm. till Art Modell took him away, and now he's he's your hero. Yeah, he's it's your guy. Weird, to be honest, it's a little strange. But come on, Joe Flack, Joe Flacco. I love the Baltimore accent, mainly because it makes Tim Kirkshank giggle. But yeah, I uh, will. You weird. be wearing a Joe Flacco jersey next season? Will you get a Joe Flacco jersey? I'm on record of telling someone close to me that if they win the Super Bowl, I'll get a Joe Flacco tattoo. Really? Yes. Where? Visible. Okay, visible. Okay. Yeah. Not in the buttocks. No, if the Browns win the Super Bowl and I get a tattoo, I'm going to proudly show. I'm not going to hide it. Like, it's not going to be on my but face. But get a good one. Don't get the one like Britt got of the Steeler logo. Just 
didn't turn out very well. No, it's going to be very much. Look like it's a prison tattoo. It's going to look like it's a little mini jersey. Okay, that that's, I kind of like that. Like creative. a banner. Like a it's creative. pro football reference page type thing. That's creative. I like yeah. that. If That's only if they win yeah. it. Yeah, our, our buddy Chris Brent, his dealer tattoo. He got a prison tattoo, I think. It looks bad. It looks like somebody found a, like a, mm-hmm. like a, a paper clip and it's straightened it out. It's a tattoo. It's a wish tattoo. And just put yeah. some ink on it and just jabbed it into his arm. Mm-hmm. It's a used item from eBay tattoo. Yeah, it's... It's not good. And he'll be the first one to tell you that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, he would be the first one to tell you that. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, Connor McGahee coming up. If you've got a question you want us to ask, Connor McGahee, radio voice of the Avalanche, send it to us today on the team. Text phone line 970-242-1340. Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. The team. Welcome back, 835. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. It's Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whine like uh, Coach Prime about late start times. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to watch more of CSU New Mexico last night. But it started like at 840. And yeah, the, what's even the point of that? Though? And for those of us that have to go to bed early, because we have to get up early, and a lot of you are in the same boat that we're in, I, I just on a on a Tuesday night I just can't I can't make myself stay up until ten o'clock nine thirty to watch a good chunk of it. Watched a few minutes and I'm like I got to go to bed. Yeah, I can't justify that either. Yeah, I'm I'm with Coach Prime on that. I hate the mm-hmm. late late start times. I really do. I'm gonna whine that uh, Rockstar Energy is discontinuing the Mountain Dew Energy line of energy drinks. My personal favorite, Mountain Dew Energy. Okay. They're discontinuing that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I have the old Amazon subscribe and save to just send me shipments, and they canceled all of them. Just bang. Like, well, this sucks. So now I got to find another favorite. You know how much I love change. I know you hate change. Most of us do. Yeah. I got to figure out my energy drink because I don't like coffee. So. Enjoy the, the tea brigade. I do iced tea, yeah, but that's not doesn't really it's, energize it's, me in the world. Doesn't tea, wake me up. It's tea though, yeah, tea's and tea. I it's hot to to dovetail on that. We're now this is year nine, twenty twenty four is of getting up this early for this show. And the person that works here that told me I'll get used to it, she's a liar because you. I have who told you that? Uh, I just Shanoa told me. She said she's You'll a liar. Used to it. She is she's a absolute liar. liar. Because I have not. I've been doing it a lot longer than that. Yeah. And I've never gotten used to it. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. That's a bold-faced lie that she told yeah. you. You'll get used to it. Well, you only did it for five years, so <laughs> you're a liar. So, you're a... <laughs> no offense. Lady, you're a liar. Yeah. All right. Uh, from Guru this morning on the team text phone line, uh, 970-242-1340. Heard rumors. Patrick... Uh, Sutton and probably Bowles gone next year. Keep an eye on Brandon Johnson for next year. Trivia of the day, Brandon Johnson, the oldest son of former Rockies catcher Charles Johnson. Yeah, we talked about that a lot last we've, year. We've referenced that. Great defensive catcher played 97 Marlins World Series over the Indians at 357, 10 hits and a home run. Ooh, like Guru's taking a little, little jab at you there. That's not good trivia. 
Why you gotta be like that? It's Let's have delightful. a perfectly Thank good you. day. Thank you, Guru. Thank you. All right, coming up on the side of of the break, Connor McGahee, voice of the Avalanche. If you have a question for Connor about the Avs, this is your opportunity for us to ask that question for you. Send us your question on the team. Text phone line 970-242-1340. I'm the morning guy. I have a Facebook group, 16 members. Some call it a fan page. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking avalanche hockey with the voice of the Avs, Connor McGahey, on the team. With us right now, the call in the avalanche is overtime. One of the Islanders last night, Connor McGahey, joins us. Happy holidays, Connor. Hope you had a wonderful New Year's weekend. Sure did. Um, about eight hours off, but I'll take it. Better than nothing. Better than nothing. And uh, mm-hmm. getting rid of the Christmas tree today is what I've heard. <laughs> I liter- literally just put it on the curb. Right before you guys called, so well, it is. Uh, it's uh, time to, but sad to say goodbye to that dear old noble fur. Be gone. Sad. So, so it's a it's sad, so sad. It's a sad day. It's a sad day. So, um, so if I'm a little melancholy, please forgive me. That's uh, okay. I mean, it's it's the post-holiday blues. You're, you're saying goodbye to your Christmas tree, and it's. Uh, now, now you're making me a little bit sad today, Connor. Well, no, I don't. I, I don't want to no. do that. I'm just saying no. I'd rather have a natural no. Christmas tree and say hello and goodbye to it in a month's time than than pack away uh, an artificial one in my basement. It's it's totally worth it. Used to totally. do uh, used to do the live one. I'm I'm one of those artificial tree guys now. So well, uh, that's <laughs> that. Now that makes me sad. I wasn't sad before. I now yeah. I'm sad. Now you're going to cast some jokes. No, 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 no. I'm not sad. I'm just disappointed. That's okay. That's now. Now I feel like I'm talking to my father. Thanks a lot, Connor. <laughs> Appreciate it. Just, Jimmy. I'm just disappointed in you. You know, I thought I expected... I'm not bad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. Uh, before we talk oh, about the, the worst phrase, it's terrible. It makes you, it's just as a parent, it's it's the most empowering word possible. Mm-hmm. Disappointed. Oh yeah. On the receiving end. It's soul-crushing. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, but before we talk about uh, the Avs win last night in, in Dallas tomorrow, uh, can we ask about the Kyle Kiefer video? Uh, which one? The one where he portrays you. Well, and there's Moj. two of them now. Okay. Oh, there's just, two? Yeah. There's two. We have not seen, we've just seen the, the, the holiday one, the gift exchange one. Yeah. The, so if you go back and look, uh, I mean, the, the law, the, we did one before the season. Uh Kiefer did so that was part two, the gift exchange one. Okay. Um, yeah. So there, there was a there was a part one um, back in September, October ish, um, and uh, then there's this one. This is the the follow up. Yeah. So. Do you feel like Kyle Kiefer betrayed Connor McGahee? Realistically enough, could he have potentially played you in a movie? Like in a biopic. Yeah, the was notes that, in the was script. It, was it that good of a performance by Kyle Kiefer portraying you? Well, I did. I I didn't realize that I had Harry Carey glasses. I didn't. <laughs> do I wear Harry no, Carey glasses? Not, and I'm not I've aware seen, of it. No, you do not wear Harry Carey glasses, sir. Hey, welcome to Avalanche Hockey, everybody. Hi, everyone. Like, I, like those. Like where the who? What glasses are those? Like. I don't wear those. I had glasses. Wear the like same that type of glasses school. for a decade. Yeah, I had those glasses in high school, Connor. They looked like the windshield <laughs> out of a Cadillac. You, yeah, I had those. You can't borrow his wife's glasses for a bit, right? Like, get a real pair of glasses. Come on, man. Gonna make fun of me. Okay, so it starts with the glasses. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a that was a poor part of the portrayal. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. The rest? No, of it, the rest of it's pretty. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty darn good. I didn't realize he does say so himself. (laughs) Of course he does. Yeah, he does. (laughs) I didn't realize you're obsessed with counting as much as uh, Kyle Kiefer tries to portray. Well, see, that's the the irony. I can't, you know, I got shoes on. I can only count to 10. So I don't know why this whole counting thing got in there. I don't don't think I've counted to 10 uh, in public in my life. So I don't know. I don't know where that came from. So once again, another another part yeah. of portrayal that's not accurate, not representative <laughs> of, of Conor McGahee. Now, you've been around everybody in the video. Are yeah. you the best he did, the worst, the farthest from the pin, or somewhere in the middle? Well, I'll t- he leaned into Lyles and I pretty heavy in this one. Um, and uh, you got to be able, you got to go back. And, I mean, it's going to take some some searching but you got to go back and see the first one because it's 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 really funny um but like yeah i mean everyone is being around all of them as much as we are i mean it's it's so good it is it is fantastic and uh and from little details to just overall themes of people (laughs) but but lyle's is like when did i turn into a surf bro like what (laughs) what is that actually Oh. <laughs> like I live line. in Vail, and all of a sudden, like I just talk like this all the time. Like, all right, and he's like, what, 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 what is with that? Like he's one of the Californians <laughs> from that SNL skit. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, absolutely. You get on I seventy, um, and you take a ride at Breckenridge, and, <laughs> and it's like super righteous oh. and stuff. You know, like totally gnarly powder and only yeah, barely red the gnar man. <laughs> And only barely having a passing acknowledgement from Mark Mosier. That does feel dead on. Yeah, it does feel like yeah. it's that's oh, yeah. Mosier. Yeah. Na- absolutely nailed Mosier. 100%. Very good. But and no, I, he got everybody. Yeah. And, and I like He the got fact, everybody. And I love the fact that he has Mosier wearing the same Nirvana t shirt yeah. that I have, too. <laughs> I'm going, that's my t shirt. Wow. That is he the got closest that in Target, voice. too. He almost got the voice down, too. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty yeah, solid it was work. Good. Yeah, Kiefer, Kiefer is a, he's a beauty. Okay. A true Did beauty. Yeah. A beautician. <laughs> yeah. No doubt about it. All right, I guess we should talk some hockey here, huh? Um, uh, no, nobody likes that. They, yeah, they like the fun stuff. Yeah, we're just, you know, like the messing around stuff. Um, yeah. Valarin Nachushkin, described last night by his teammates as a beast, and he's been yeah. a beast. Great win for the Avalanche last night. Three deficits. They they get the game winner from uh, McKinnon in overtime, 32 seconds in. But Nachushkin, the two goals, the, the penalty kind of helped set things up uh, as well, uh, you know, at the end of the game uh, for the Avalanche to get that victory. Just um, Valeri Nachushkin, uh, we, we've talked about it before. It's been quite a quite a return to form for Nachushkin, the way he's been playing. In the John Wick films, you know how they they, they brought forth the, the phrase of the Russian boogeyman, the Baba Yaga. That's exactly what Valery Nachushkin has reminded me of the past couple days. Because, I mean, he almost single-handedly, that last play with 20 seconds left, um, when, he, when he goes through four Islanders and almost scores his hat-trick goal to get the game winner, um, Buck was in, in the net. A little bit of a strange explanation at the end as, as to why. It, was, it didn't say that the... The, the the puck was covered, or, or there was an intent to blow the whistle. But anyhow, Valeri Nichushkin is just now he's tied for the league lead in power play goals with with ten. Um, he has more goals this year already than he did in fifty three games last year. Uh, well on to his uh, 
career high of, of 25. I mean, that's obviously well within reach. But um, that, but if you go back to that game versus St. Louis, even it's his work off the faceoff that gets that puck towards the net so that Devontae can can, sh- can shoot and score. And basically, I, and I've been saying this for almost two years now. There's no reason why Valerian Nachushkin should not be a Selkie finalist all the time. And he does not get enough love in that regard, and he should. And it's, uh, I mean, if, if you just look at that, the work that started that last scoring chance, I mean, it's just, it's a back-check clinic. And that is the type of hockey that sends you to the next level. And that's exactly where the Larry Nachushkin is right now. And I'm just, I I love where he was and where he's come to, and and that's why he's just. It's great that he's on our team, and that I will always defend Valeri Nachushkin because of his comeback story, and and to get from you know the springtime to now, I think is a huge accomplishment for him. And um, his teammates are right in calling him a beast. I mean that. That is uh, one of the most accurate descriptors that you could find. Yeah, there, there's no doubt that the choo-choo train is definitely back on the tracks. There's no doubt about that, <laughs> the, way, the, the way he's been playing. Another guy that's been really good is Jonathan Druin. Ten points in his mm-hmm. past ten games where he's been playing on that, that, that top line a little bit. But he's just been um, – he's just – he's apparently started to figure some things out, Connor, and he started to fit in very nicely with this team. And, and when they get Arturi Lekkanen back, it'll be great if Druin – continues to, to to perform the way he has and then lightning comes back that just adds to the depth of this team without a doubt and jared bednar said post game last night that Druan is playing hockey the right way and that's the same type of things that we're talking about with larry dechushkin is he's checking back he's doing the work in the corners um stuff that maybe he was not credited with in the past in either montreal or tampa bay um, but he's playing the right way now, and I think that uh, that's led to a lot of his success. And again, another guy who I'm very happy for to um, to come from a spot where you know he was going through some some anxiety, some mental issues, and to recover and find some joy in the game that you love so much to me is a fantastic thing. And what a shot by him! That snapshot that goes. Over the stick side of Sorokin last night is just perfect. And Jonathan Druin at the moment is the perfect example of how hard work pays off. And uh, and he's a guy that, like you said, you could place on any line and he could he could help contribute. And there were times last night where Nachushkin went up on the top line with McKinnon and Rantanen, uh, which meant that Druin was playing with Ross Colton, Miles Wood, uh, Logan O'Connor, but it doesn't matter. Um, he's not one of those players that when the puck is around him or on his stick, you get nervous, like there's going to be a mistake. Again, he's doing all the little things right, which is basically building up equity to, to get him points on the other end, as you said, 10 and 10. Avalanche Radio play-by-play voice, Connor McGahee with us on the Team Sports Network. Uh, Avs coming off the 5-4 to four overtime win over the Islanders last night. At Ball Arena, it's Dallas tomorrow. And for the Avalanche right now, they, they have the lead in the Central Division by a point over Winnipeg. Connor, they're, they're a point behind Boston 
for the most points in the NHL right now. And even with the with the with these slip ups, with the blowing the four goal lead at Arizona, the the loss at Chicago here a while back, that you look at it and you go, okay, you're not happy with those things, but this is also a team that's gone through so much transition with new faces like Druin. With, with Ryan Johansson, Ross Colton, and others coming in, a lot of injuries, Sammy Girard being gone from the team for a while to deal with some of his personal issues, that here they sit among the best in the league, and we've talked about this before. Once again, you have to pr- provide perspective on this, that here they are, and they, they just feel like all of a sudden now they're starting, to, to some things are starting to come together for this team. Yeah, and you want to play your, you know, you want to get those things ironed out in November and December and before that. Um, you don't want to put yourself in a hole like Minnesota or Edmonton did. However, both of those teams uh, are vastly improved since the coaching changes. Um, Ottawa, not so much. <laughs> but uh, for the Avalanche, again, when you're looking at little segments, and that's how the coaching staff use things in five-game segments, in ten-game segments, the Avalanche are still playing winning hockey, even in a month. Uh, where they didn't play great, they still finished December eight five and one, and um, I think that's now thirty three straight months uh, where they have had a winning record. Uh, if you go all the way back, which is um, among the best uh, that we've seen in a long, long time in the National Hockey League. So um, it is a culture of winning, and I know there are little bumps here and there, but overall, big picture, as you mentioned, the Avalanche are among the best. In the National Hockey League, which is why it's important to remind people of perspective when we nitpick at little things, and obviously we do that. But the players and the coaching staff nitpick at them more because those little things will be fixed by the time that it matters, coming up in April and May and hopefully June. So um, overall, in the scope of things, the Avs are in a good place right now, and uh they're off to a good start in, in 2024, and they have to be because the schedule coming up is very difficult. You have Dallas tomorrow um, in Dallas. They lose in regulation somehow to the Montreal Canadiens last night. Uh, and then you have uh, a couple of Eastern juggernauts, Florida and Boston at home as part of a homestand, and then it finishes up with the Vegas Golden Knights before they go uh, on a five-game road trip, which uh, has a lot of tough teams as well, including Toronto, Boston again, Philadelphia, which is easy. Um, so the schedule ahead is, is is tough, which is why the Avalanche needed to iron out what they needed to because they're going to need those details coming up. We'll have a tomorrow's game, pregame at 5.30. Connor will have the call. Avalanche uh, on the road in the Lone Star State to take on the Dallas Stars. Connor, always appreciate it, my friend. Thank you so much. You bet, boys. Good to talk to you. See Likewise. You. Take care. Connor McGahee. Yeah, the glasses. I agree. Those yeah, are those little, are those are Harry Carey glasses. A little bit. They're not the glasses that Connor wears. But it is a caricature. So that's true. Hello, robot. I Connor McGee. Yeah. No, just don't talk anything like that either. And I just yeah, the, the counting thing. I just I didn't realize that that is something that Kyle Kiefer thinks that Connor does. That Connor doesn't even think that he Connor does. doesn't actually do. <laughs> All right, eight fifty seven. We'll take a break. Uh, next hour, CSU CSU Rams voice uh, Brian Roth joins us.